Come on, let's give our hand clap. Isn't that great? You know, uh, confession's good for the soul, bad for the reputation. But um, once the shutdown had started and all the social distancing, I sent a few of my overseers and friends, I go, how long is the social distancing supposed to continue? Jeanette keeps trying to get inside the house. Oh, okay. You know what? If you can't laugh through life, you, you need to get saved, okay? need to get saved, and we, we have fun. I love my bride of over 38 years. Give her a hand clap. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, you got your Bible? Hold it up. Let's declare who we are. Yes. This is my Bible. It is the standard I live my life by. I am a spirit-filled believer, sustained by my personal relationship with the Lord, empowered by my commitment to community, and expressed through outreach to others. Therefore, I can say, and, uh, man, it's so good to see some of you uh, first time uh, venturing out. A few more have. There'll be more coming. Different ones just taking a little bit longer, and that's okay. We want to make sure we have a safe environment and you feel secure when you come in. But we're glad you're here. We're glad different ones are watching now, live streaming as well. And I want to continue today something we looked at last week. Last week was Pentecost Sunday. And that can be confusing for a lot of people. And I tried to just make it as simple and explainable as I could. But we need to continue it so that it becomes revelation so that you know him better. Because he wants to make Jesus so big to you. Are you with me? So we looked at the three major Jewish, Jewish feasts just briefly. You have Passover, which correlates to our Easter. You have Pentecost, which is 50 days after Easter, which correlated to when the law was given on the mountain. And then you have Tabernacles, which hasn't happened for us yet. That's really the second coming of the Lord. But when the children of Israel were going through the desert, they were encouraged in the fall season to realize this and celebrate this with their temporary huts that they were traveling in. So let's continue this topic as we look at the second feast, Pentecost. If you ever need this understanding, it's today. Why can some believers go out with, with a confidence and a joy laughter, and then some can't. And I think the closer you understand the purpose of God's Spirit to encourage you and to bless you, it doesn't matter what you face. It doesn't mean you don't have emotions and that fear doesn't try to grip you. We all face that. But you're able to go far with Him knowing He's right there with you. Amen? Right there with you. He will help you live righteously, and he's going to help you live supernaturally, and he's going to help you live on mission. That's what we talked about last week. Righteously, it's not your righteousness, it's understanding who you are in Christ. Supernaturally, and you saw a few of the gifts in operation right there. Some people that would frighten them or whatever. It's just to help you know God is present in your world. And then on mission, you're not supposed to get saved so you sit. 
No. Matter of fact, you don't come alive until you've led someone to the Lord yourself. And then when suddenly there's doors and this and the Lord prompts you to call someone. Or I love it when people call me and say, man, I, I felt impressed from the Lord in prayer to call this person. I didn't know they were going to have surgery. And I was able to pray with them. I had one of those calls this week from one of the men in church. And he was so excited. Man, I heard from the Lord. And it was so good. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Hear from the Lord. Yeah. Don't just be a consumer. He wants to bless you with his spirit so you hear. And it helps you be on mission for your day and for your life. So all the Jewish feasts had significance to the time frame when they journeyed across the desert for 40 years. What is a feast? It's a holiday. Stop and remember. That we, we do that. July 4th will be coming up. We just have Memorial Day. We stop and remember those who gave their life for our country. All of them now are being fulfilled, have been fulfilled like Passover, being fulfilled like Pentecost, or will be fulfilled one day as tabernacles. Pentecost, real scary word. What does it mean? Help me out. It just means 50. That's a scary number, 50. <laughs> Penta means five, costy to the 10th power. Five times 10, help me out. Boy, that's scary. 50 days after Passover or our Easter is Pentecost. So let me start with a question. Have you experienced Pentecost? Are you walking in a relationship with God's Spirit who's just there to make Jesus so big? In the New Testament, you have the four Gospels that give us an account of Jesus. Then the book of Acts, and Acts is a historical record of the early church. The whole book starts with the Holy Spirit. So we're going to read something in Acts chapter 19. It'll be here on the screen if you want to look in your own Bible or just however you want to do it. Now, in Acts 19, you're now decades into the early church. You know, sometimes we're not aware of the time frame and so forth. So this is not right after the Lord's ascension into heaven. We're now decades into the early church. And this is what this says. While Apollos was at Corinth, and that's where we get the book of Corinthians. Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus where we get the book of you are smart. Man, I love it. There he found some disciples. What is a disciple? A, a believer, a Christian, follower of Christ, whatever term you want to use. But he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, when you became a Christian? When you accepted the Lord, they answered, no. Man, we've never even heard there is a Holy Spirit. And what's ironic, it can still be the case today. It was for me in my childhood and growing up. Again, like I said, man, I'm so glad of my salvation in an early age. But until I understood that God wanted to empower me, all I knew to do was rededicate my life every week because I was under convictions for the sins I had done that week. That's all I knew. I didn't have any power to be an overcomer. I, I, I did not know how to really worship. First time I saw someone lift their hands, I called them. They had their shovels up in the air. <laughs> and I remember being, and I, when a person did that, I kind of went over and I stared, what are they doing? And then I'm thinking, maybe they're looking at somebody up there. I don't know. I had never worshipped. 
I'd only sung about God. I'd never sung to him. Big difference. What I love about worship team, they, they weren't singing to entertain you. They were singing to the Lord. And when you sing or whatever you do, you do it as unto the Lord. And, and he empowers that and his spirit joins with that. Wow. So there are a lot of believers, disciples, the word used in that verse. They're going to heaven. They're truly born again. They love Jesus. But they've not had God's spirit indwell them. They've just not asked the Holy Spirit to indwell them. That's all. Maybe he's been misrepresented. Uh, maybe there's fear. You know, maybe when you've heard the term Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, I didn't want anything to do with a ghost. I don't like ghosts. I'm just being honest. Maybe you thought, well, if I get involved in that, I'm going to have to do things that are against my nature. Maybe ladies think they'd have to wear a lot of makeup or no makeup at all. I mean, you know, just tambourines or, you know, all that stuff that can scare people that scared me. Just being honest. And there's been confusion in some of the things associated with the Holy Spirit that really are just not biblical. He's a person, folks. He's not an it. And I tell you what, he understands you, he understands your personality, and he knows how to marry himself to you so that your Christian walk just comes alive. You need to know how important he is in your life here on this earth. He has an important role to play in your life today. Thank God for Jesus. That's what it's all about. Without him, without your salvation, you're not born again. So you get born again. You need Jesus to help you and teach you, right? He teaches you through the Spirit because he's not here. He's interceding for you. The Holy Spirit is here, and he wants to be your best friend to make Jesus big. If we de-spookify it, if we demystify it, and look at the Bible and receive what God has for us. So we're just taking this journey. I was just going to make last week a, a one part on God's Spirit, but make it in three parts, and then we'll have Father's Day after that. So again, do you know Him? Let's look at His nature today. Can we do that? Let's just look at His nature. It helps to start with the Word itself. The Word, Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, it's translated two different ways for us, Spirit or Ghost. He's either called, again, Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. Honestly, that's because the English translator, translator, excuse me, they had a big dilemma, a real dilemma. And that is there's not a single English word that really translates well. So they put those two words in. So who is he? Who is he? If you just look at the word, in the Greek and the Hebrew, it's mentioned at least 800 times in your Bible. So I think that's pretty important. Wouldn't you agree? So we have to look at the word in two languages because your Bible was written in two different languages. The original manuscript in the Old Testament is in Hebrews. and the New Testament, the majority of it would be in the Greek language. So let's look at the Old Testament first, okay? The word where we get spirit, or they'll use Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, the word in Hebrew is ruach. You got to say it like that, like you got popcorn stuck in your throat. Ruach. Yeah. 
Don't spit, Kathy. Just act like it. I love it. If you can't have fun at church, if you only have fun at ball games and other things, you need to get saved. Church should be a place you have the most fun. What does it literally mean in the Old Testament? A wind, a breath, a violent exhalation, a blast of breath. Wow. So you can see how the English translators had difficulty coming up with one word, okay? But understand the nature of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost in this word. It is used in the second verse of the Bible in Genesis 1. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit, the Ruach, okay, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And, of course, after that you have creation and so forth, and it is awesome. It is awesome. Now let's go to the New Testament. It's written in Greek, and the word for a ghost or spirit is the word pneuma. Silent P like pneumonia, okay? Pneuma. What does it mean? A current of air, a blast of breath, a strong breeze. So very similar in context to the definition in the Old Testament. Let me show you a place in the New Testament where the word pneuma is used, and Jesus is talking right here. In John chapter 6, verse 3, 63, excuse me. The words I have spoken to you are spirit. They have breath in them. They have wind in them. They have life in them in them. Are you with me? And that's what Jesus makes available through his spirit who represents him now on earth because he's interceding for us in heaven. And I believe you've experienced this through Pentecost. Here's why. Let me tell you. People are looking for life now. Wherever you go, people are talking. They're talking about our nation. We have confusion in our nation. We have a disease. And here's an opportunity for, for us to be so full of God's wind and spirit in life that we can minister and not just say, I'm going to be praying for you and then run away from them. Pray for them right there. See, I mean, God wants to use you to see a life transform because you've been empowered by his spirit. Because people are open. They are looking for answers. I've said it. I'll say it again. When, you know, Jeanette and I would be together and we'd stop at Walmart and the children were younger, I'd tell her, I'm running in. I'll be five minutes or an hour. (laughs) And she knows what that means. If suddenly there's that door and I'm talking to someone or someone opens up their life, I'm just going to stop. While she's tending to the children in the car. Help me, Lord. Or vice versa. Do like Jeanette. She's gotten to know basically, well, they change, but all the different checkout people, clerks at Walmart. And she finds out their needs, and she brings them little gifts. And if they open up, she just stops right there and just prays for them out loud right there. Why not? You don't do it if you don't have the breath of God in you, though. You don't do it unless there's something in you bigger than you. 
See, that's what I'm, I'm wanting us bigger than fear, anxiety, being self-conscious. As I told you, don't worry about what people think about you because they don't think about you. They don't. They think about themselves. And people are looking for life. It also means the words in your Bible, they're not normal words. Oh, I sure hope you enjoy your Bible. You know, for me, after I allow God's Spirit to empower me, the Bible came alive. Suddenly, just reading it, the words would come off the page, the insight on what I was to do, the understanding. I'm not perfect. But I mean, I can read every day and still get something new. How about you? Matter of fact, you need to read every day and get something new. The words just coming alive. You know, take a scripture that we all love in Nehemiah 8.10. The joy of the Lord is your strength, right? Or the joy of the Lord is my strength. When you understand that from a spirit perspective, you read that and you can see where your joy is being attacked, where you're being overwhelmed by life or responsibilities or bills or sickness or whatever, and you're able to look at that situation and say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It comes alive. It has breath, and it becomes greater than the situation. If you haven't experienced that, you aren't living yet. You've got to experience this, and that's what I want you to experience. Again, that's my whole testimony, how everything in my life came alive. I don't want your Christianity to be stale mechanical, rote, or robotic. Your Christianity is alive and has breath and life on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit, the pneuma breath on the things of God for you. And with that, you can live righteously, not because you're perfect. He helps you. When you sin, you repent. You can live supernaturally where suddenly, man, I walked through that door today. I got to pray with this person. Uh, I got to witness to this person. And then you live on mission with things bigger than you. So in order to understand this experience that happened at Pentecost, this pneuma, this blast of air, this wind, let's look at characteristics of wind, just regular old wind, like in the natural, and show you even some parallels to the Spirit of God and how God operates in our life, wants to operate in our life in a similar way. So the Feast of Pentecost, it is for today. It's an ongoing thing for our lives. I want to help you relate to him and not be afraid. No, don't resist God's spirit, but welcome him with open arms. Amen? So let's look at some characteristics of wind that parallel with the Holy Spirit. Number one, in your notes on the back of the bulletin, wind is unseen. It's unseen. You know that. Have you ever walked outside on a windy day and, and the wind advisory is out and you just kind of want to go out and get in it? I like that. Thursday night, how many were uh, around the area when that front came through and suddenly the wind picked up and here came the water and the rain? I mean, Jeanette and I, we went out on the porch. We love watching that. It just feels good. Or you've gone to a beach and the wind is blowing. It just feels so good. No one is freaked out about that. That doesn't freak out anybody. But if you say that about your experience with God, people stare at you. And I know you shouldn't run on feelings, but I tell you what, it sure is good to run on something you can feel. Something you can 
have as weight in your spirit. You don't base your Christianity on feelings. You don't base your commitment to the Lord or to a person or to a family member on feelings, right? You, you make that commitment. But listen, God's presence in your life, it's to be felt. It's to be experienced, experience. I pray for you that your experience at church is not to be impressed by anything going on up here or anything anyone says, but that in a moment of worship and the words come alive to you and bam, you just know God is touching you or that there's a prophecy and bam, you know that was for you or there's a word of knowledge, bam, that was you. And all of a sudden you just in conversation with people before and after service and you're talking and they say something, it's like, Bam, right for your spirit, and it helps you and touches you. And you say, thank you, God, I received that. That's for me right now. And if you come with an anticipation, you don't just come to church to come to check off. You come because, God, I need you. I need you now. I need you to mature me today. I need you to teach me today. I need you to empower me today. I need an answer for that coworker at work this week. I've got this situation with my boss. My neighbor is hurting. My other neighbor is, has fear. Lord, I need you because I know you want to use me to help them. That's when life becomes fun. Let me show you again the works of Jesus. You know, John 14, 15, and 16, this is the conversation of Jesus with the disciples at the Last Supper, the meal right before he would go to the cross. So this is really his last discussion with them before his resurrection. He would appear to them a few times after that, but his last discussion in preparing them for what's ahead, and he spent a lot of that time talking about God's Spirit or the Holy Spirit. He says, look, guys, I'm going to go pay for sins. I'm going to the cross. I'm going to take care of that. People need to be born again. I'm going to make the final sacrifice. Wow. And I'll be resurrected, and I'll give you a few more instructions, but then I'm going to the Father. I'm going up there, and I'm going to be an intercessor in heaven as you pray. I'm going to pray in agreement and help you with what you pray about. But I don't want you to be alone. I don't want you to feel abandoned. I'm up there, but I'm going to send my representation here. And we've talked on this before. What's so great about God's spirit, anywhere he's welcome, he can be there at the same time. Jesus had limitations. He was one person. God's spirit can be anywhere where he's welcome, and we're allowed to allow him make Jesus big. So look at this in John 14. Jesus is speaking, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Interesting word. Some translations say comforter. Some say counselor. It just depends on what translation you have. But look what his job is, to help you. <laughs> I'm going to send my spirit to help you. Why would we resist the one that wants to help? Okay? And he's going to be with you forever. He is the spirit of, say the next word, truth. He's only going to tell you about Jesus, about the things you need to know to help you. Now watch this. The world cannot accept him, and they still can't accept him. Basically because it's sometimes things that can't just fit into their box of thinking. 
The world can accept him. Matter of fact, he gets mocked a lot in the world. And, you know, even be careful how much news you watch, folks. Just be careful because if if anyone ever tries to bring up the Lord or something about a direction from God's Spirit, they will cut that off instantly. They will cut it off. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him, and our point is he's unseen. Matter of fact, they don't even know him. They don't know him. And I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate and help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world can accept him, see him or knows him, but you know him. Why? He lives with you, and he wants to be in you. Not out there, someone wants to be in you. Now, that's powerful. So there are people all over the country, world, going to church. They don't experience anything, and they then reject what could give them life because they can't fit it just inside. You know, when you, when you come in, when I come in sometimes, if it's been a full week or, you know, some hard things you're dealing with, trying to help some people or this, that, and the other, you can be weary You can be dry, and wind is refreshing. Oh, folks, the presence of God, it's so needed. It's so needed in our lives. Then you demonstrate a changed nature to the hurting nation with sickness and division. God wants to use you. He wants to empower you. That's why we've got to know who we are in him, our identity in him. His presence is available to you anytime you ask or you begin to worship. Number two, just giving you some parallels with natural wind and God's spirit. Wind is unpredictable. It'll just shift on you like crazy. Now, most of you know I'm a cyclist. I, I ride a bicycle. It's not a motorcycle. But I love it when that wind is behind me and pushing me. Seriously, you might not know it, but when it's pushing me and I'm on a flat surface, I'm going 30-something miles per hour on a bicycle. Now, if it's a crosswind, I'm (laughs) trying to stay up. If it's a headwind, I just soon get off and push the thing sometimes because a headwind, it can really, really stop you. Airports have that orange cone on the runway. You've seen that? And let's air traffic control tower uh, know which runway to use for planes to land and take off to take advantage of the wind to help set the plane down or for the plane to get up. But have you seen that? Co- it's constantly moving and shifting. That's why they need real-time information on the airfield. Well, many don't like that part of God. They want God all tucked in, figured out, time frame, just, just in my mind, just this, boom. And that's how they want their God. Listen, you truly get close to God, he's going to mess with you. He changed, listen, the changes he's done for me, still needs to do more, but my goodness, I am not the same person I was before I began understanding this walk with God's spirit. He just wants to help you become the best you that you could ever be. Possibly the reason... Uh, God even changes methods so much is because we constantly would worship the system 
or mechanically follow a system instead of depending on him. That's even how different denominations have been formed. There was an experience, something really good, and then they institutionalize it. If you study Cane Ridge, which I love going there and, and reading the history and what God did, I forget how many denominations were birthed out of that because then each one tried to cut and paste what they wanted to fit for them. And listen, you can't cut and paste God. You can't do it. Now, are there some things that are just absolute in God's Word? Yes. Are there things that we just believe that qualify you to have that saving understanding of Christ? Yes. And we have that statement of faith. Yet while we have that very predictable, solid, biblical foundation among us, we also have this unpredictable nature of God that we need to embrace. You need to embrace. I love hearing testimony of different ones of you in here. I can think of different people right now. I won't point them out, but like some that just didn't want to be around people, didn't want to leave the country, nothing, and now they lead mission trips with people all over the world. You know, God just changes you. He changes you. So unpredictable. Jesus answered, the wind, the wind. Time out. What word is that in the Greek? Pneuma. This is the one place that the translators use the actual word. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear the sound. You can't tell where it's coming from, where it's going. Talking about literal wind. Uh-oh. <laughs> Guess what? So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So if you've been born again and you say, Holy Spirit, lead me, get ready for the ride of your life. Come on. Now, get comfortable with that. He's not going to make you do anything you don't want to do, but he'll make your walk come alive where it's fun. The Holy Spirit is unpredictable nature. Like one time God spoke to a man out of a burning bush, spoke to Moses. He did it one time. There's no other place in the Bible. Maybe he has, but you only see it one time. One time a guy came to Jesus with his blind friend, and he knew Jesus healed people, and either he had seen it or he heard about if Jesus lays hands on you and he prays, you'll be healed. You'll get your eyesight. So he came to Jesus with his blind friend, and he said, Jesus, do the hand thing. Do that hand thing so my friend can see. And you can just see Jesus' wheels turning in his brain. No, I'm not going to do it that way. So you know what he did, huh? It's like you said the word ruach. He spit on the ground, made mud, put it on his eyes. Wow. Okay, you germ-phobic people. How do you like them apples there, huh? Good thing the blind guy couldn't see yet, right? Okay. So here's the lesson. Be careful. Listen, be careful tucking your God into something only your brain understands because you end up only wanting your comfortable method. With our current pandemic, let God mess with you. What I've been loving is your testimony, different ones calling, texting, email, what they've been doing different, how they've been spending more family time, how they've been worshiping more, how they've been enjoying God's presence. Isn't that awesome? 
So don't go back to the old normal. Let's establish new things in this time. You see, revival in America won't happen because all our structure and systems are perfect. We need the presence of God in an unpredictable way. Number three, wind is powerful. Ooh, it can generate electricity. I mean, it can sail a ship. It can destroy things. Now, I took a couple of pictures this past week. One of the routes that I do on my bicycle with some guys out on a road called Barnesburg Road. It's adjacent to 80, like if you're going over to London. I th- this was last April. I think like a real front came through that was very strong. Look at this. Now, this is the new sign. You see how thick those beams are holding that sign up? Here's the other sign just bent over. <laughs> just as strong as that. You can see it there real good. I meant the wind, and that, you've all seen wind damage before, but I mean, I find that one just so, so profound. I remember riding my back and, whoa, and just looked at it, and I thought, okay, that'd be a good picture to show you today, because wind is powerful, so, 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 so powerful. There's a powerful nature in wind. So listen, right now, many of you are going through some things. Many of you are facing some things. And you know what? Your human power can't fix it. Really can't. Hiding in a closet isn't going to fix it. Staying away from Christian fellowship isn't going to fix it. Creating your own thing in your own mind isn't going to fix it. Our nation is going through things that human reasoning and development can't eliminate. And God, help us if we relegate ourselves just to what we can fix and just what we can handle with our Christian understanding without His Spirit. It's really a shame that the world distanced itself from the power of God because some maybe have packaged it wrong in the past. I implore you to get close to the person of the Spirit, God's Spirit, and you'll experience His power above any fear or any apprehension. Acts 1, 8, but you will receive what? What? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I need that. And I say, Lord, I need your power. I need God's Spirit, His representation here on my life. I face things. I'm sure I'll face things this week where I'll say, ooh, I don't know. Spirit of God, I need your help. I need your insight. Will you show me? Will you guide me? Will you teach me? We need the power of God. You've heard me mention Charles Finney. How many have heard of him before? Okay. He's considered to be the father of modern revivalism in America. 19th century attorney, so he's highly educated. He was also a Presbyterian minister. In his own words, he says he was comfortable in knowing God on what he called just an intellectual level. And his life, according to his own testimony, was lifeless. Have you ever watched someone sing before and they're just singing words? And then you watch someone sing that maybe they can't even really sing, okay? But there's something about their spirit. There's something about their countenance. There's something about their intimacy with God that you see that more than the words are the tone of their voice. 
according to his own words, everything he was doing was lifeless. Very predictable. Very tucked in. It was difficult for him to live that way. Then he had an encounter with God's Spirit. Okay? Now, these are his words. I've written them down. He said, the Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love. I love that. Waves and waves of liquid love. For I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God, and that's what it is. And there are some, maybe even here today or maybe watching online, and it's mission critical for your life right now. Your marriage is in trouble. Your relationships are in trouble. Your children are in rebellion. Your health is in trouble. Your emotions are out of sort. Fear has gripped you. And for you to go on in your Christianity, in your walk with God, where it's fruitful and has victory and has purpose, you need some wind in your sails. You need the breath of God. You need God's Spirit to empower you. And it will lift you, and it will just propel you for what God has for you to do. One more, real quick. Look at this. Wind is refreshing. Oh, I'm so glad you like that point, church. I said, come on. I said, wind is refreshing. Okay, good. I like interaction. You know that. Have you ever been working outside and it's hot? It's been kind of warm this week. And suddenly you find a spot in your yard or wherever, and here comes the wind. You just stop and go, ah. Or it's 90 degrees outside and your car has been locked with the windows up in the sun for several hours. And you get in that thing and you start going down the road. You get all those windows down. And that breeze, doesn't that feel good? It's refreshing. God's spirit, listen, he wants to refresh you. I said he wants to refresh you. The Bible says it this way. Let me, let me, your Bible says it this way. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Isn't that great? But how does he get that across to us? How's he going to do it? He's revealed it to us by his spirit. Not by our smarts, not by how well we can debate something with someone. Don't debate with anyone. What does that do? I'm right, you're wrong, or, but what do you do? It just causes division. Just live in front of them. Let them see a change. Let them see that God has touched you by his spirit and that you walk in joy, and you walk in strength, and you walk in confidence, and you walk in hope while you're still praying for the kid, while you're still going through this situation financially. While you, don't wait till your life is perfect because it, it's perfect up there. This is earth. This is earth. There, there's warfare. There's issues. There's ongoing stuff that we all face. 
But when you've been blessed by God and you know His Spirit is living in you, you can face it. Come on, let's stand. I'm going to ask the worship team, come on back up. We're going to continue on this journey next week. But I'm going to let the worship team just kind of pick a song for us to just worship God. We're a little bit early. Everybody just hang tight. I know the children, they've been good. I know we have some children crying. I'm so proud. Let's give these parents a hand clap for bringing their children. I love it. That doesn't bother me at all. We'll have everything open in a few weeks, but I love it when people bring their kids to church. It's awesome. Let's just bow our heads. You know, first thing, the most important thing, the absolute necessity, Jesus said you must be born again. And this is where you're transformed from death to life. It's where you acknowledge that, you know what, I've sinned. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But you want to allow Jesus in his perfect, sinless blood to not just cover you but remove your sin and bring you into a right, right relationship with the Father, right relationship so that when we die, which we'll all face that, my goodness, eternity with the Lord. You know, salvation begins, really, it's for us, where we receive a Savior. Lordship is where then it's about Him and we surrender to Him. But if you're here, everybody just kind of respecting each other's privacy, and you know you're not born again, or you've allowed the cares and struggles of life to overwhelm you and take you out of that fruitful walk, and you want to return back to the Lord, I'm not going to have you come forward or anything. Just I want to know you're here. We're going to pray. If that's you, raise your hand right now. Anyone at all. You need Jesus. You're not born again. Jesus is not Lord. Anybody at all. Okay. All right. Who would say this? Uh, Mark, man, I know about God's spirit. I've asked him to fill me. I've asked him to use me. But I'm not really walking in a fruitful walk with the Holy Spirit. I need to change that. I need to allow God's Spirit to guide me and teach me and make the Word come alive, make my worship come alive, make my relationship with Jesus so fruitful. And you want to begin that journey and grow in that understanding today. If that's you, just lift your hand and I'll know you're here. Okay? Yes. Who else? Yes. Okay, awesome. Well, it's just simple. We're just going to pray. We're not going to really do an altar call just for uh, trying to follow the, the different social distancing guidelines. We're trying to cooperate. But if we, being evil, know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? So I'm just going to lead us in a prayer. And those that raise their hand and others, let's just pray this together. It's nothing magical about the prayer. It's just the ongoing submitting. We're going to go back to worship. One other thing I want to do at the end. So let's just lift our hands right now all over the house and just pray with me, especially those that raise their hands. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you. You have saved me. Your blood has removed my sin. Jesus is my Savior. That's my gift. My gift to Jesus is Lordship. He's my Lord. 
Now, Jesus, I desire your Holy Spirit to fill me, to empower me so that I can serve you, so I can bear good fruit, so I can live righteously, supernaturally, and on mission. And I, I believe for that. And I thank you. You're going to help me change. You're going to help me grow. And I'm careful to give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. Yeah, that's great.